The year is 1995. Amazon sells its first of many books. Well, Coolio reminds us that it's all right to live most of your life living in a gangster's paradise. And Johnny Cochran prepares to take the long walk to clear O.J. Simpson of murder charges. We're coming to you live from Mega City One, so you know what that means. I am the law. I knew you'd say that. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. It is I, Hovercraft Joe, here as always with LPJ. Hey, Hovercraft Joe, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. You seem to be settling into that nickname now. Uh, yeah, you know, I the, 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 the fans demanded it, so I, I took it on. They did. They really went... Went hard on that. Yeah, it was it was it was a crowd favorite. So I just I t- I took it on and, and it's me now. Well, I like it. <laughs> uh, we are uh, Sphinxless today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we we have no Sphinx. Uh, he was back and now he's briefly gone. But in his place, we have not one but two returning guests. That is correct. Two crowd favorites. Two crowd favorites. We have Corn Dog. Hey, how's it going? Welcome. Thanks for having me back. And JB. Happy to be back. Well, we're jo- is Jody here? <laughs> that wasn't yeah, quite as bad. <laughs> that was good. Nice job. Way to stumble on that one. Thanks Thanks for the landing. Thank Welcome back. Uh, well, it, it's great to have you guys back. Uh, we've been kind of looking for a time to have you guys back since uh, the first episode, so I think uh, this is a good, a good fit, a good time to have you back. I would agree. And uh, the movie we are discussing is 1995's Judge Dredd. Yes. Which... I was excited to hear that that was the movie you guys settled <laughs> upon. Um, so what? How did, how did this come about? <laughs> I think it, it was a little bit of a back and forth. After their original episode, they were like really gung-ho to be back on again. And they were like, yeah, we should do like Judge Dredd or something. And it's like, great. But then like fast forward to like, you know, a couple months later when we're finding narrow down the details. And it was it was a little bit of a a hassle to get them to decide on a movie. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, it's not as good of a story as uh going for Starship Troopers, but <laughs> it's still very a lot of, a lot of deliberation. Although we did decide that there is another Rico in this movie today, so <laughs> Connections? Coincidence? <laughs> oh, you guys are going to be the Rico twins. <laughs> we got the Rico twins here! <laughs> I like it. Um, so I guess maybe let's get into kind of everyone's first experience with this movie. I don't know if you want to go first, uh, JB. Well, um, this movie I probably saw when I was in my teens. I was five years old when this came out. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just grew up a Sylvester Stallone fan because of my parents. A lot of cliffhanger in my life. A lot of uh, Rocky um, everything Stallone, um, you name it. So, um, really anything Stallone, I have a soft spot for. Nice. Uh, corn dog. You know, I, I'll, I'll say the same with him. My, my dad's a huge Rocky fan. So it was, it was no shortage of me having something with Stallone, whether it's Rocky or one of the Rambo flicks. I, I've definitely had a lot of exposure to Stallone at an early age, but I feel like this one was one I, I, I didn't discover till a little later on, but I enjoyed it the first <laughs> time I watched it. And I'll, I'll unpack a little bit how I felt about it watching this time. Uh, what about you, LPJ? Um, I'm trying to f- really hash this one out. Um, I got I know for certain that I watched it on on VHS. Okay. Um, 
But what, what was it? This was this was R. I don't. Th- yeah. I don't think we ended up seeing this in the theater. No, because I, I was looking at it. It, it. I mean, the release date on this is June 30th, 1995, which is my 15th birthday. Right. So we wouldn't have been seeing it in the theaters. Well, not for your birthday. We know well, how old you are now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm old. You guys already know how old I am. You never let me forget. <laughs> 40 years young. <laughs> wow. Not um, quite. Yeah, so so you're, you're right, though. I, I don't think we would have saw this. No. I, I'm, I know, But I know I saw it. Pretty much as soon as it came out on VHS. Yeah, it was probably a, a, a rental for us as soon as it came out, because I do remember seeing it pretty early on. I oh, mean, yeah. It's a, it's a comic book movie, you know, a lesser known one, but it is, so we were probably jazzed to see it, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was super jazzed to yeah, see it. Yeah, I'm sure we rented it and watched it in your basement. Well, I'm, I can guarantee that. <laughs> but I hadn't seen it all the way through in quite a while until watching it for the podcast. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's on, it used to be on quite a bit. Well, it was on Netflix for a long time. I it feel was. like that's the way it goes with things for this podcast. They're on Netflix until we need to watch them, or they're on Netflix immediately after we watch them. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like the Matrix. Matrix. Like the Matrix. I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> I ended up wa- going back and watching the other two Matrix movies, and they're not as bad as I remember them being. Wow. They actually were, were pretty, uh, they're actually pretty decent. Wow. Bold claim. Uh, yes, very bold claim. <laughs> But this is not the Matrix Love podcast. That's true. This is uh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> um, so we talked about the release date. Uh, I got the budget on this at ninety million, um, with a domestic gross of thirty-four million. So <laughs> did not do well domestically. No, uh, a worldwide gross of one hundred thirteen million. So which still not great because uh, I mean, if you think of how much they did, they did a lot of advertising for this. Yeah, like I remember this being advertised a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal, and I mean, that's, uh, it's not a great success. And I mentioned to uh, Joe um, earlier in the week that I, I remember the line of action figures they released for this. So yeah, they definitely had a ton of marketing tied into this. I remember them too. I, there was a whole, you could buy like the shoulder pads and the gun. <laughs> you get all kinds of stuff for Judge Dredd. Yeah, so they were probably expecting this to be like a, a bigger movie than it was. Sure. But it's always odd. I mean, and we talked about this a little bit during T2, but like a movie... Like this, it's a radar action movie that has like a line of toys and all the stuff where they're marketing mm-hmm. to like a younger crowd of people that conceivably can't go see the movie. Well, Aliens was the same way. Yeah, that's they had, true. They had a whole toy line for Aliens that was actually based on a cartoon series that they never released, but uh, but it had all the characters from Aliens. Well, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, you know, when we dig into it. But they really, I think, the goal was initially for this to be a PG-13 movie. Well, that's. <sighs> Depending yes. on who you ask. Right. S- Stallone's contention was he always wanted it to be a comedy action film, like almost like a buddy comedy. And um, he wanted it a PG-13 to, to appeal to the wider audience. But the initial pitch for this was a hard R, very similar to what Dread ended up being with Carl Urban. Okay. Because, and I don't, I mean, maybe we could all kind of give our opinion on this, but this now to me doesn't seem like an R-rated movie. No, I didn't even. Th- I didn't. Even, that's why I had to look. I was. This has had to be PG thirteen, but no, it's apparently R, which yeah. is weird. I I don't know. I mean, maybe if it came out these days, it would be PG thirteen. You know what? Uh, Rumble in the Bronx was R. Oh, that's right. That's another weird one, which is around this time too. But were there a lot of swearing in this movie? I don't remember. No, there was almost no swearing in this movie. So I, it's hard. It's hard to believe that it's rated R to me. Yeah, I was very surprised. <laughs> Um, so we talked about how much movie, how much movie, how much money this movie made. Uh, for the top-grossing movies of 1995, this uh, Judge Dredd came in 52nd. So, <laughs> wow. wow. Um, does anyone want to take a crack quickly at the the top three for 1995? Mm. 
95. Yeah, top grossing movies of 95. Um, 95, is that The Lion King by any chance? That is not. Is, 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 is that, that your Apollo 13 came out? Apollo 13, number three. Good one, is JB. Braveheart in there? Uh, it might be. It's not in the top three. Oh, well, it wouldn't be in the top three if it was. <laughs> okay, that movie was huge. Okay. Um, 95. The, the Fugitive was 94 or 93. Um, I'll just oh. I'll tell you. Uh, number one was Toy Story. Oh, yeah. okay. And oh, number okay. two was Batman Forever. Oh boy! Oh. <laughs> so stellar year for movies. Um, and this also had a Rotten Tomato score of seventeen percent. So <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, an audience score of thirty. So. <laughs> but I think Google users were a little bit more friendly. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the case. Um, do we want to go through the cast quickly then? Well, before we do that, um, okay. we should probably bring up the fact that this was, was written by, well, eventually written by Stephen E. D'Souza. Yeah. Who wrote Die Hard and Commando and pretty much all of the Schwarzenegger films. Right. Um, and it was produced by uh, Edward Pressman, who is a big, huge uh, film producer. I um, mean, it had a lot, they, there was a lot behind this film. I mean, Alan Silvestri did the music. It wasn't particularly good, but <laughs> he did the music. Um, and, and this movie had a lot behind it. It just yeah, didn't yeah, it, come it, together. It, it did seem to me that it had a pretty good pedigree, like especially with him writing all such those great action movies. So, and, But that's kind of one of the behind the scenes thing is they say there's a lot of like what the director's vision was and the script versus what Stallone wanted. So I'm curious as to what the script was written by D'Souza. Like how different is that from what we see on the screen? I would imagine it was probably that hard R that they were looking for. Um with with what with what um, the director wanted, oh, it was uh, Danny Cannon with with with, with what Danny Cannon and, and Pressman initially wanted. It, basically, the the kind of taming of this movie seemed to have come directly from from Stallone. Yeah, that's kind of what I I saw too. That he was like you said going for more of that PG thirteen comedy. So, and, and when you got a big star like that, obviously they're going to win in the end. <laughs> I can oh, yeah. only assume you're referring to Rob Schneider. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, I guess let's get into the cast then. Uh, so, obviously, we talked about Sylvester Stallone starring as Judge Joseph Dredd, which I forgot that his real name was Joseph. Which is yeah, I just assumed it was Dredd. <laughs> um, uh, Amanda Sante as Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, Diane Lane as Judge Hershey. That's right. Uh, is it Max von Sydow? It's like Sido or Sido. I never know. As Judge Fargo and uh, obviously Rob Schneider as Fergie. <laughs> yeah. And there's some other people in here, too. Um, uh, an uncredited voiceover by James Earl Jones. Right. Uh, an uncredited guest appearance by James Remar. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because I saw him and I was like, is that James Remar? But then I looked on uh, the, uh, the web and I couldn't find him listed. So I'm like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, and... Pop quiz, hot shot. I have a pop quiz for you okay. regarding the cast. So there are two people in this movie. <clears throat> Scott Wilson, who played Pa Angel. Right. And Balthazar Getty, who played the cadet that was really good with manipulating the computer and the pictures and all that stuff. Okay. Both of them appeared in another movie that we covered on this podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, shoot. Was it an episode I was on? Yes. Oh, no. Now I feel like a fool. Um, so, so, first of all, do you remember who Scott Wilson is? Well, he's I remember Herschel he, he's Herschel from, Herschel from The Walking Dead. Dead, right? So, I remember him. Yeah, and then Balthazar Getty, he's just a character actor. And he's really He was really young looking at the time that the movie that I'm discussing came out. I honestly can't pull it. 
It is Young Guns 2. Ah, shoot. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that's right. I forgot uh-huh. that. Um, Scott Wilson was uh, the the was the governor. Okay. And then um, Balthazar Getty was, who's the, whatever, the, I can't remember his name now, the guy that was following on Billy the Kid all the time. The little kid. The little kid, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. shoot. <sighs> Dang it. I think I remember that now, but uh, busted. There you go. I win. <laughs> Scott Wilson was the governor, huh? Yeah, he sure was. Killed by the governor. <laughs> that is true. Whoa. Spoilers for the Walking Dead followers out there. For there the, you go. For those of you still watching the Walking Dead TV show. Yep. Um, uh, do we want to go through some net worths real quick? Yeah. Oh. oh, I forgot. We have a sound effect for that yeah. now. I just can't remember which one it is. I think it's this one. Hey, there we go. Uh, all right, so let's start with uh, Armand Asante. What do you guys think, Armand Asante? Corn dog. God, I gotta think relatively low. I, I I feel like he hasn't worked much since the mid '90s, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with five million. Okay, yeah. JB. I could see him doing some voice work. I'm gonna say seven. No, I'm gonna I'm sticking with five. I think five is probably right. You guys are all relatively close. Ten million dollars for him. Okay, that's pretty good. He saved so, his money. Good man. Uh, what about Rob Schneider? <laughs> well, he was a gigolo. Let's remember that. So, <laughs> um, I'll say seven. Okay, JB. Hmm. I don't know how much money he gets from the anti-vaxxing crowd, but I, I'm going to say 12. <laughs> I'm going to go just north of that and say 15. <laughs> it is $15 million. Uh, how about Super fan. <laughs> how about Diane Lane? Diane Lane is doing pretty well. I'm going to say $20 million. Okay. I think $20 million is a pretty good guess. Okay. $20 million and one cent. <laughs> uh, I guess you would win by Price is Right rules because she's $35 million. Wow. Right. And finally, the man himself, Sylvester Stallone. What do you think for him? Well, judging by some of the movies he's made recently and the uh, unpopular opinion, the new Rambo trailer, I think he's desperate for some money. <laughs> so I'm going to say $20 million. Okay. Wow. Really? Okay. I'm going to say Stallone's in like the 250 range. Okay. Ooh, t- uh, with the uh, whole Takati thing he's got going on, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say 67 67 million, 400 million dollars. Wow, I knew it was a lot because he don't forget he owned Planet Hollywood, he has all kinds of other uh, like production companies, right? And he's he's got his hands in everything. He's still they're still making Rocky movies, I mean, they're Creed movies now, but he's still involved. He's cranking out tons of movies, yeah, producing a bunch of stuff, TV shows. 20 million. Yeah, it's a poor guess. You thought he only had five million dollars more than Rob Schneider? Hey, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy, Adam Sandler keeps him busy. (laughs) Um, we we mentioned the director Danny Cannon. I couldn't really find anything else about him. He didn't really do much. (laughs) Oh, Geostorm, (laughs) more recently, Geostorm. (laughs) Geostorm, he did a lot of CSI work too. Yeah, it looked like he did a lot of TV shows. He also directed I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. So, good that's movie. a good sequel. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I haven't seen it in a while either. Son. Well, he did some pilots for some shows too. Um what's the Batman movie or Batman show on Fox? Uh, Gotham. Gotham. He did the pilot for that, the pilot for CSI Miami, um the original CSI. Nice. Well, yeah, it looked like he did a lot of TV work, so yeah. I think it said something I read where he was like upset and said he never wanted to work with like a big Hollywood star again because yeah. he had such a bad experience with Stallone in this movie, so. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. That. <laughs> and we we mentioned the writers already. Uh, I had two writers because I had uh, D'Souza yeah, and, and William Wisher, yep. who was who apparently wrote some good stuff as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the composer is our is our good friend uh, Alan Silvestri, correct? Who's you know done everything you can think of. Yes. I'm gonna throw this in here Pop now. Quiz, hot shot. Okay. This is the third film 
in which Sylvester Stallone plays a policeman framed for a crime he didn't commit. <laughs> Name the other two. Uh, I know one is Demolition Man. That's correct. Okay. Now, how many? How many other? There's one, one other. other. Um, is it Tango and Cash? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, that's a we. We need to do that movie on the podcast. Sometime. We absolutely do. <laughs> I Pro- knew it wasn't Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, which is oh, man, that movie. <laughs> they keep trying to get us to do it on here. I'm like, no. Well, that, by that, that by was they, us. you mean us. Yeah. They wanted to do it yeah. as well. Well, it's the Estelle Getty love. <laughs> I mean, Golden Girls all day. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, do we have any other music that we need to cover for this? Uh, yeah, you know, so the score was, was okay. It wasn't yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's like Alan Sylvester. He does great work and then kind of work where you're like, this is fine. The actual there was an actual motion picture soundtrack for this, which included uh, White Zombie, which you would kind of expect for this, and some other other bands, and then The Cure have the closing song, <laughs> which I was baffled by the inclusion of this song. I mean, I get that it's called Dread Song, spelled like Dread, like Judge Dread, right? But you know, just take a listen, okay. <laughs> Okay, we're I didn't know how this came about. They went up to Robert Smith and they're like, "Hey, we got a great opportunity for you, Judge Dredd." It just doesn't match. No, it doesn't match. This, I don't like. This song came on at the end and it blew my mind. I don't know. It doesn't fit. It does not fit this movie. Sounds like all. a Bond theme. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. Kind of like a closing a, Bond theme. That's a good a good point. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't fit at the end of this movie at no, all. No, not even a little. But it's not necessarily a bad song. No, it's a good song. <laughs> I like the song. It just does not fit this movie. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. I could see it being like a Bond theme. Uh-huh. All right, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> let's get into the plot. Well, one other thing I wanted to mention quickly is before we kind of that it sounded like Danny Cannon probably had like a miserable time making this movie. Sure. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting is that he turned down. Did you see this? He he passed yes. on the, he passed on the opportunity to direct Die Hard with a Vengeance. To do this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he also, and I don't know what this means, but before pre-production, he kept claiming that this is going to be the Ben-Hur of comic book movies. <laughs> and I don't even really get that comparison as to why it was going to be the, what does that even mean? I don't, well, I will say this, though. Like, as far as the look of the film goes, it looks really good. Like, the set design is really good. It's filmed well. It's shot well. Um, the costumes are great. They're weird. The fact that they're designed by Gianni Versace <laughs> blows my mind, too. Um, well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Gianni Versace specifically designed Judge Dredd's costume. Right. The rest were designed by some other costume designer. Right. Um, There's the $90 million budget right there. <laughs> sure. Boom. But the movie, I mean, overall, the movie looks good. Like, it looks like a well-filmed movie. Even the 
Even the special effects were good in it. They didn't I mean, look terrible, especially for the time. Yeah, I was going to say at the time, they probably looked good. Now they're a little... Well, yeah, now <laughs> you, know, you can tell it's, you know, green screens and stuff like that, but I mean, it still looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll agree with that, because even given its confusing inclusion in the movie, I felt like the robot looked kind of cool. It looked great. I thought the robot looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the robot was awesome looking. I'm just confused by his kind of position into the movie. Well, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the plot is nonsensical. <laughs> All right, so should we dig into it, kind of buzz through this? No, let's skip it. All right. <laughs> let's hey, go. Thanks for coming out, guys. All right, good show. <laughs> um, so the movie starts in, what do they say, the third millennium? There's Le- a- I believe it's 2139. Yes, I think that's the exact year that we're in. Uh, there's that, uh, as you mentioned, the long voiceover by James Earl Jones. Before we do that, we should probably back up and say this is a comic book. Right. We didn't even get, get into that part. Right. This is it, a long-running comic book. It's been out since the late 70s. Started in a British um, a British comic magazine. Uh, and it would come out in parts and then eventually became its own comic. Right. I believe the created by a guy named John Wagner. That is correct. So it has been... And they've been like trying to develop this as a movie for a while. For a while. Since the early 80s. Yeah. In fact, one of the things I read is that because of your, uh, your movie RoboCop, like because they said yeah. that RoboCop was so similar to the plot of this movie... That they had to delay making this movie for from when they wanted to because yep. people thought that they were it was just going to be like a RoboCop clone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was be- because of the helmet and everything. It it was yeah going to have too much of a RoboCop feel to it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we get this long uh, voiceover by James Earl Jones. I don't know if anyone kind of summarize what he basically says in that. Um, I guess it's that the world there was some wars. Uh, a lot of the population died. Most of the world is kind of wasteland now, and all the world's population are kind of huddled in these mega cities throughout the world. Yep. They're just big, giant blocks of city. Right. Like people upon people upon people. And, yeah. And the one that we're at is Mega City One, I believe. Correct. And it's basically uh, New York, New Jersey is kind of where it's at. I think it's New York, New Jersey, Philly, D.C. Or Yeah, you know. it's basically that whole like section of the United States. And yeah. they make mention to the fact that there's 60 million people living in a city that's only supposed to hold 20 million. So. Right. Yeah, and I, I read actually they said in the comic book like Mega City One is actually like the entire eastern seaboard and houses like 400 million people. Yeah. Whoa. So they kind of... Uh, they made it smaller. They made it smaller, which I guess makes sense. I mean, sure. you didn't need it to be that big for the no. movie. Um, so, of course, this Judge Dredd movie, our first introduction is to Rob Schneider <laughs> playing uh, Fergie, uh, who's returning from a stint in prison uh, or at the Aspen Penal Colony, I think right. is what they call it. Um, so he gets back and apparently they give you like a, a living assignment when you get back from prison. Um, he takes like a taxi to his new house that I, I didn't understand why they assigned him a house. Like Heavenly a, Hills, right? Heavenly Haven. Heavenly <laughs> Haven. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he arrives there and then he gets to his house and like immediately there's like this big, uh, what they call block war going on. Yeah. There's a, a kind of a, a gang war going on where this, this basically, this gang is just sort of. <laughs> I don't even know what their goal was. <laughs> they're just like shooting. Ac- I think they're just shooting across the street. I think that's essentially what it is. It's, like, just- a, it's like a literal block war because they're just shooting out the windows at the building across the street. Yeah. I do, I do want to say before they even got there, though, when they're when they're flying there, uh, Rob Schneider has a moment where he, he goes, oh, that heavenly hill, that's it. And he's looking <laughs> down at a rooftop. With a with a pool and and a bunch of girls swimming and stuff, it's like no rush, Schneider. That's that's not where you're going. Yeah, that is uh, pretty funny. I, I would like to add to that that apparently cargo shorts are still in in twenty one thirty nine and cores. Yeah. Yep. 
Which, let's just cover this now. Like, why do you think movies can't get, like, future cars right? Because don't future cars always look dumb? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, like, I feel like this movie, I'll give it a little bit of a break because it's, like, 2139. But I just, I don't know. Cars are just end up being cars. And I think they always try too hard to make them look futuristic. Well, teaser for one of the next episodes we're doing. <laughs> That's why it's on my mind. We'll cover it later. Uh, so anyway, so this block war is going on. That's where the uncredited James Remar is. He's like leading the uh, uh, gang or whatever, whatever it is. They are. In Rob, I'm not even sure what they are. In Rob Schneider's house. Um, that's when, oh, um, Diane Lane. Hershey. And Hershey and like her, it's like a rookie show up. And they're going to like try and break up the block war. On the corner of Abbott and Costello. Yeah, the corner of Abbott and Costello. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. And they like immediately seem useless when they show up. They don't know what to do. Uh, and then Dredd arrives. And he basically just starts taking control of the situation. Well, he is the backup. Oh, that's right. They're waiting for backup. And then Judge Dredd shows up. And I think the first things he says is like, I am the law. Like one of like 18 times he says it in the movie. The yeah. very first line. Yeah, is I am the law. Um, the the guns are called what are they? Law makers, law, lawgivers, lawgivers, lawgivers. And these guns work by talking to them. Well, um, they are their their ammunition is voice activated, meaning you talk to the gun and you tell it what kind of ammunition you want. Okay, and then and that's carry that's something that's part of the comic that carries okay. over to like to the the dread movie. With Urban. Okay. So it, that's just part of the comic. Okay. Well, what's a double whammy then? I don't know. That <laughs> is dumb. Okay, because that's one of the things he says. So they, they go in to break up this block war. Uh, they Judge uh, Dredd shows up like smashing through the ceiling somehow into like a room. I don't know how he does that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he shoots a circle and he falls. Yeah, he falls <laughs> to the floor above and kills everyone. And like this really inspires that rookie judge. So he like busts into the room where James Remar is and like immediately gets killed. Oh yeah, gets shot to yeah. Hell. All that Versace armor does nothing. No <laughs> one shot, and he's just done. Yeah, you know, that armor is incredibly ineffective for every place except the shoulders. Yeah, it's basically like it's good as like stormtrooper armor. Oh yeah. <laughs> they they honestly look like giant gold plated like football pads, is what I kept seeing. That's yeah, that's essentially what it is. And then Dreads has like a big eagle on the side of it. <laughs> Which uh Versace design. Great job, Versace. <laughs> So he ends up kind of taking out all these guys, uh, I think including J- James Remar. Um, and then, like, there's that weird scene where Rob Schneider's hiding inside a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Recycled food. The core's robot. Why, why is he hiding in the... Why didn't he just run? I don't know. He hides Why in the, is he covered in spaghetti? I don't know. The robot apparently makes recycled food. Is that what they're saying? Because recycled food is great for the environment and it's okay for you. <laughs> so that's never really explained. He catches Rob Schneider and like decides he's going to judge him because he tampered with the robot and because he's out on parole, he's going to get sent back to prison for like five years. And it's kind of, I guess to serve as a point to introduce the judges. I mean, uh, Dredd's so strict to the law that that's all he believes in. He doesn't He doesn't care about your opinion. It's like black and white for him. You're either guilty yeah, or you're not. Exactly. Because, well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because Rob Schneider has kind of like circumstances. Like He's like, yeah, I was hiding because I didn't want to get killed by the war going on, but Judge Dredd doesn't care. Yeah, I, I think Rob Schneider even says, like, what did you want me to do, jump out the window? And he said, well, that would have been legal. <laughs> That's true. He does say that. Um, and so he goes back after this and kind of gets not necessarily read the riot act, but the, the chief judge, 
uh, kind of overseeing the Council of Judges is played by, again, Max, Max von Cito. And he kind of reads Judge a little bit of the riot act for kind of like, hey, you caused a lot of damage, you killed a bunch of people. And I guess his punishment is that he wants him to teach at the academy a couple times yeah. a week. And teach ethics? Yeah. Didn't look like he was doing much ethical teaching. No, no <laughs> ethical teaching. But so that's like, okay, that's his punishment. Uh, cut to the Aspen penal con- colony, which I'm assuming is actually in Aspen. Yeah, can we talk about the downfall of Aspen from a <laughs> ski community to like a maximum security prison? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, we're introduced to Rico, who's a criminal there. He's in like a very special like cell of his own. Yeah, this weird, like, force field surrounded cell with automatic guns and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really weird, and the, the warden's there to give him a gift, which seems odd. <laughs> yeah, they don't screen, what is this gift? And nobody checks it out, and he's, he gives it to him, and he goes, so what is that? <laughs> well, I don't know why the warden's hand-delivering gifts anyway. Doesn't he have somebody to handle that? You'd think. Or just, you know, don't give the murderer a gift. Because, as it turns out, the box... Turns into a gun. Yep. Of course. And he shoots the warden in the throat, uh, which... By the way, doesn't kill him immediately. No. And then the warden tries to activate the automated guns. Right. But because he was shot in the throat, it doesn't recognize his voice. (laughs) So don't they start shooting indiscriminately? Well, they yeah, because they shoot... But I don't know how Rico doesn't get hit in all this mess. I think, like, once the guns are activated, the alarm goes off, and then the guns turn off... I don't know. He gets out. Okay, he gets out. <laughs> he escapes. He escapes that room, but how does he get out of the prison? I don't know. We never find out because he just shows up in Mega City. He disguises himself. He hides in a body bag as a dead He's body. He's a cadaver, yeah. That's a long trip from Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long trip. And I don't know why it would go back to Mega City 1. If he's a prisoner and he died in prison... They'd probably just take care of him there. Yeah, that is very weird. Like, why would they bring all these dead bodies back to the city? I don't know. Um, there, there's also, like, um, so we also get the scene where Dred's kind of teaching the cadets at the um, academy. Academy. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything to that. There's just a little setup about how, oh, these motorcycles never work right. Well, that's, that's particular, that particular one. Okay. What's that motorcycle called again? The Lawmaster. Ah, that's right. Uh, then there's like a weird locker room scene where they have co-ed locker rooms and like Diane Lane's talking to him about he like he has no emotions. How are there no boobs in that scene? I don't it really know. irritates me in that R-rated movie. <laughs> Diane Lane's in this movie and we don't see well, anything. I, did you read what they what they said? No. They there was like a quote from Diane Lane where like apparently the, she was going to do like a nude scene, but she like didn't want to do it because she thought that like her butt like compared to Stallone's wouldn't look as good cuz he's so like in shape and stuff like that. Well, she was waiting for unfaithful. <laughs> oh. Um but that's when that's when she asked him if he if he ever had a friend and, and how does he respond? He, was. he says he had a friend. And she bugs him. How 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 did you you know lose him? And I judged him. Yeah. <laughs> Dread had one friend. He judged him. Yeah, it's pretty sad who that one friend is, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um. So Rico's back in town. He goes to like a pawn shop, which apparently just sells like lots and lots of guns. Um, yeah, they kind of just sell whatever it is, material, uh, uh, military-wise, they can get their hands on. 
Right, and that's where he we've we're introduced to the robot. What's it called again? And is the uh, ABC robot the ABC warrior? Right, but we don't know what ABC stands for, right? That's I, never explained. I assumed it was just a tie into the ABC warehouse in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Ooh, nice tie-in. Um, and he sets the he sets it to be like his bodyguard. I think is what he calls it, bodyguard mode. Uh, it, I, we should say we kind of skipped over this a little bit. There's like a, a a reporter we're introduced to who's apparently, oh, I'm gonna blow the lid off. I got this real big scoop on the judge program or whatever yeah something about corruption within the judges yeah, they don't. or no you know what? he was he found out about janus the janus program yeah that's, that's what, what it, it is was. but they allude to that they never really elaborate on it no he was critical of dread and and i just like to point out uh, that guy too uh, you know i'm a big halloween movie fan too he's the man in black from the halloween movie see, oh shit. see you go there i just think of him as the partner in the law firm in liar liar uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah wow i didn't think of any of that stuff but super fans so we're at the reporter's house uh, uh allegedly dread kicks in the door and shoots this guy and his wife like a hundred times yeah uh <laughs> so judge uh dread is arrested uh, and taken. Oh, I missed something. Well, not before he busts the drunk driver on the streets in the <laughs> flying Lamborghini. That's right. That was actually pretty cool. They got that supercar right. Yeah, I guess that's where we're. That's where I think we're first introduced to what I've dubbed the worst catchphrase ever in a movie, which is "I knew you would say that." Yeah, that's the dumbest. Which I believe Dread says approximately like I don't know a hundred times in this movie it seems like he says it, I, I mean realistically he says it at least six times I think and he says it six times and Diane Lane says it at least three times uh, making fun yeah. of him yeah. yeah it's it's pretty terrible uh, so he gets arrested for this murder charge um, he's gonna go on trial which is like I don't understand they set up that the whole system is like these judges judge yeah on the, they're like they're supposed to be the the law the jury the executioner all the stuff in one but then he like stands trial like a normal trial yeah i i, I think that's because he's, he's a, judge? a judge okay maybe that's the only reason why so he's standing trial for the murder of this reporter he hershey's defending him i don't know why because she studied like international law or something I think well they says. don't have lawyers there but oh. th- that's my thing. They're they're all judges, aren't they? All technically experts on the law. Are they not <laughs> all lawyers in theory? In theory, you'd think they would be. I think judges just a little lightly in this. I don't think they're like studying law books and stuff. I think it's more just like they name the police. As, uh, I don't I don't know if they're like it's like they had to pass like what is it the uh, the, the bar. bar the bar <laughs> to become a judge. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that. Uh, Let's call heavy. up your brother. Let's see if he wants to be a judge. <laughs> He's dispensing patent justice throughout yeah. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what ends up kind of uh, convicting Dredd is they reveal that the guns, that every time they shoot the guns, a well, little... The, oh, the go. guns are coded to their DNA, the grip, and then every time they shoot uh, shoot a bullet or a grenade or whatever it is, that DNA sequence is encoded on the bullet. Right. So they always know who's actually shooting who. Which, okay. which I also felt was weird since they wear gloves as part of their uniform. <laughs> so I don't know where the DNA is coming from. Well, not only that, but why would they put that much scrutiny on a judge? Their job is literally to judge and execute people. Right, and they've established that those guns are uh, rigged. So if it's not you, if you're it's if you try and use a judge's gun, it's not coded to your DNA. It basically like. Electrocutes you or blows your arm or something. Yeah. So like, if it wasn't your gun, you couldn't use it. So it does seem like what I would decide. I guess it's just a convenient plot point for this. Yeah. Because the bullets that killed the reporter have judges DNA. That is correct. Which leads to that great outburst. Does anyone want to try and recreate it? 
Oh man, when they when they first uh, th- this is my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need a better lead in there. So so they're like, oh, it can be without a doubt that these bullets were fired by Joseph Dredd. So lie! The evidence was falsified. <laughs> Man, just oh, it's powerful. That's probably the most powerful scene in the movie. <laughs> and that's where we get the famous, uh, I didn't break the law. I am the law. And I remember that being. That was pretty good. <laughs> you have to believe me. <laughs> I remember that being in all the trailers that. Oh yeah, I, I never, like every trailer. I never broke the law. I am the law. That's like I think. What everyone remembers from this movie. I wonder how many kids said that after that movie came out. <laughs> we, we said it a lot. <laughs> like cops and robbers. Um, so uh, Dredd is guilty. He's going to face execution, but Max von Sydow, who's kind of like his father figure or whatever, basically he makes a deal with this Judge Griffin where it's like, hey, if you step down, take the long walk. We haven't even talked about the long walk. But if you take the long walk... We'll spare him. We'll just send him, like, life in prison. We won't kill him. And then he gets to become chief judge. Yeah. Which The, the, which, the long walk. The, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the long walk. One of my biggest sticking points in this movie. What a reward. <laughs> which is, correct me if I'm wrong, basically a lifetime of service as a dutiful judge, you get sentenced to basically die wandering the earth? Basically, yeah. You yeah. die wandering the wasteland that is Earth. The they, cursed Earth. Yeah, they send you out to bring the law to the lawless. They give you a gun and the law book, and they send you out. Well, the law book in the form of a Bible. <laughs> Not even, like, goggles. It seemed pretty no. sandy out there in the wasteland. No provisions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you for 40 years of dutiful service, Max von Sydow. Please go <laughs> die out in the wastelands. <laughs> so that's what happens. He takes the deal, so he gets sent out into the wasteland. Judge uh, uh, Dredd is on his way to the Aspen Penal Colony. Um, there's this quick scene that comes into play later where uh, Hershey breaks into uh, uh, Dredd's locker and finds like a picture. A yep. picture of him and Rico and a picture of him like as a baby with his parents. Right. Um, so we're, it's revealed that Griffin, Judge Griffin, the guy that's now the chief judge, is working with Rico. He's the one that got him out of jail, and he basically is like wants Rico to create chaos in Mega City. Right, is, is and the, the, the whole point of it is they want to... Create. They want to create a reason to bring back this program called the Janus program. Right. Which at this time we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. It right. turns out we'll get to it. it yeah. I mean, it turns out it's they're they're genetically engineering uh, judges. Right. To basically be super soldiers. Yeah. And so, uh, what's his, what's the judge's name? Griffin. Griffin. Griffin's plan is to create all of these perfect judges that he can control. Right. So he, he thinks by having Rico there, he'll be able to cause enough chaos and panic that the only possible result is to restart this program. Which he does. Which th- it actually works. Yeah. It well, totally works. Because Rico kills a lot of judges. I think they said so he kills like 93 judges. Yeah, in two days. <laughs> it's some ridiculous amount of time. So, um, Dredd's on his way to the Espen Penal Colony. Uh, that's when uh, Herschel <laughs> and his family show up. The Angel family. Uh, and shoot his transport out of the sky. Yeah. What was the point? Yeah. Well, they're cannibals, well, so yeah, they're but, probably looking to eat. Well, that's I, true. That, part yeah, of me wonders enough. if that's a setup, because they make the one mention of the line, like, oh, there's a dust storm. We have to fly at 60 feet. <laughs> Was that a setup? Because we know now at this point that uh, Griffin had set the whole wheel in motion and kind of been in the ear of Max von Sydow, like, oh, take the long walk. It'll save Dredd's life. But knowing they framed Dredd anyway, why keep him alive? And why flying at sixty feet? You know, modern airplanes uh, go thirty thousand feet. You well, know, I think the whole I think the whole framing dread was to convince Max Vancito to step down early, so that Griffin could get control 
of the Janus program. Right. And if he hadn't spared Dredd's life, he would have not stepped down. Correct. So I think that's what we're supposed to think. But I, I don't think that he was like working with the, the Angel family at all. I think that was just a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should mention that on this flight, he's seated next to Rob Schneider. So we're his re-entry into the film, and he's going to be in it for the rest of it. Well, his new best friend. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, the Angel family are kind of like hillbilly mutants, I guess is the best way to describe mutant, them. Hillbilly and mutant. one cyborg. Cyborgs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one is a cyborg. He basically has a cyborg head and like a giant robot arm. And one arm only. Let's keep that in mind. Yes. Um, uh, Dread breaks free. Uh, he kills most of the Angel family himself. And then the, I think it's the cops, but not, so I'm confused. There's judges and are there like other kinds of police guys that aren't quite judges? I think they're, they're like the death force. I there's those guys that were like in all black. They're all black. I think they're like the, like the, the, whoever runs the prison. Okay. Like the prison guards, basically. Okay. Because like because they judges. Cause they show up at this at this wherever the angel family live and they try and kill dread yeah well they're just I think their their goal is just to kind of clean up the mess of like having the 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 transport crash yeah because they contact uh judge Griffin and say oh the pilot survived and he says no nobody survived oh, oh that's right kill and them they all, kill basically him, yeah. like right. nobody survived the crash yeah, and like Dread kills a lot of like judges in this who seemingly are just doing their job. Yeah, really. He <laughs> really does. Well, it looked like maybe he just wounded some of them though. That's true. I guess you know what? He some of them he did just kind of shoot in the knees and like kind of like Terminator 2 style. It was just so. crippled them for a <laughs> Sure. They'll live. Um but just as things look bleak for Dread, uh Max von Saito shows up, kills some cops. And then himself is immediately killed. Yeah, stabbed in the back with the claw thing. Right, by the, the mutant. The with guy the, with the, the kitchen cyborg. timer in his forehead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um, does that do? I don't know. He says, I turn him to one. You might not want to anger him. Like, whatever that means. So, Dredd ends up killing the cyborg hand guy, I think by, like, electrocuting him or doing something to his arm. Yeah, electrocutes him with whatever electricity they have out there in the wasteland. And that's when uh, Max finds Sado. Sado. Thank you. Max. Yeah, Max. Uh, tell, kind of explains the Janus product to um, Dread, and that him and Rico are clones. Yeah, they're genetically created soldiers, basically, uh, and they're brothers. They, they share the same DNA. Right. And go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Which is maybe the biggest suspension of disbelief in this movie that Sylvester Stallone and Armand Asante are supposed to be twins. <laughs> they, well, not necessarily twins, because you can have twins that don't look the same. Fair. Now, but I will That's say fair. this. They do look similar. And Armin Asante specifically changed his voice to match Stallone's because Stallone couldn't match anybody else. <laughs> but uh, I think they sound pacing, like in their voice pacing, it's pretty similar. I mean, I guess it's not terrible. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that they actually played they actually played brothers in a different film also. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Super fan. Well, I was just in my research. <laughs> um, so it's it's that's how like this whole thing happened. The setup is because since they're clones, they have the same DNA. So that's why he was able to use Judge Dredd's gun to kill those reporters with the DNA. So it was Rico that did it. Yep. Um, so he tells them to go back, find Rico, stop him. Uh, this is where Rico starts kind of killing all the judges, and basically. Uh, Griffin convinces the rest of the judges to reopen the Janus project. Yep, because they're running out of. They need to replenish their, their, their 
troops replenish their ranks so they actually have judges on the field right they lost so many judges so he's like hey the program it was a failure before but technology's increased we can do it now it'll be better in eight hours eight hours we're gonna have a fully grown judge they agree uh rob schneider and dread are sneaking into the city at this point they sneak in through an incinerator which is dumb um and i don't know if anyone noticed maybe i'm crazy but they're like running to try and get past it before it fires rob schneider trips and i swear the fireball is coming from the wrong direction yeah, totally. it does. Okay. Yeah. i wasn't sure if that was just like something i was crazy about or not no, it but, is. um i don't know rico ends up killing the rest of the council of judges which i don't remember why uh he just feels like I it i think they were like why did you open this back up you can't play god sort of thing and griffin said goodbye <laughs> um, well, they agreed to it but then they were the kicker well, they agreed to unlock the files, but then they didn't want to go through with it, I think. So that's when he killed Yeah, them. that's what it was. So there's a terrible chase scene on those flying motorcycles, yeah. which that's when you really notice the dated special effects in this. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't hold up very well. Um, <laughs> and we're introduced at this point. Mind you, this movie's an hour and a half long. We're over an hour into it, and that's when they introduce this like Asian doctor character who runs the Janus Project. Yeah. She's like, I don't, and she plays a prominent role in the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Right. She basically we introduced to her. She's like, oh yeah, she runs this project, and then oh wait, she's completely evil. But why would what I I can't figure out is why would they have somebody running a project that's been closed for (laughs) twenty years? Unless Griffin was run trying to run it under the books. Yeah, I I don't know. When you're introduced to her, she's in a lab coat, and she's kind of turned off by the idea of Rico. And then the next scene, when they're killing judges together, she's got her top button undone and her hair slicked back, and she's, like, all about it. She's in full lady villain mode. (laughs) There's the Versace. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. So they, uh, Rob Schneider and Dredd uh, meet up with Hershey. They kind of put all the, the, the plots together and kind of determine that they have to go shut this down and that it's in the Statue of Liberty, which explains one thing I was confused about because I was like, why is the Statue of Liberty in the middle of the city? But they mentioned that they moved it. Correct. So they go down there, which is where the project is, and there's a big fight scene but with... Gross clones that are half made. Yeah, the robot, which like it does kill. The, they don't show it, but the ju- it kills that Judge Griffin by like ripping off his arms and legs. Yeah. That was one of the things they had. So this movie went up for review like five or six times. They had to keep cutting stuff out to get it not be an NC seventeen film. <laughs> and that was one of the things they had to cut out because they had the scene where they show him getting his arms ripped off. Oh shoot. Um, <laughs> so they have a big fight. I think the, I think the lady doctor was there just so Diane Lane had someone to fight. I'm pretty sure. And you know what? Let's, she's Asian, so she probably knows karate. Let's make her do karate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where she gets like, uh, uh, she calls Diane Lane a bitch and Diane Lane's like, it's judge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, all right, fine. The, the robot, like Rob Schroeder gets shot by the robot, but then ends up shutting it down because he's a hacker. Oh, of course. I, I mean, he, some wires, but. he really saved the day. He, I yeah, mean, without him shutting that robot down, I mean, Dredd is dead. That's true. You know yeah. what? He's the real hero of this. You're right. <laughs> I, Said no one ever. <laughs> I think we mentioned at that point that the clones are 60% done. They still have a huge hole in their stomach, and their skin is like a whitish blue. Or... It's very strange. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Him and Rico end up kind of having a uh, throwdown fight, and I think Rico tries to escape... Or something. They end up fighting basically in the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Uh, and he's trying to he get... He has on the bike, doesn't he? I don't remember. I he tries to. And he pulls him off the bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All I know is that he ends up throwing Rico out of the Statue of Liberty and uttering, court is adjourned. That's correct. <laughs> Which is then like everyone's like, um, uh, Hershey shoots the Asian doctor. And I don't know. They say like Central was broadcasting all of this. So everybody knows that Dredd was not the bad guy. Yeah, I guess like the city has a supercomputer that controls everything and it recorded all of the events that were happening <laughs> and broadcast them everywhere. So by the time they get done with this, everyone's like, you're good, Dredd. We know you didn't do it. You're awesome. Why don't you be Chief Justice? And he's like, nah, I want to stay on the streets. Yep. Well, two things. I, You know, I really didn't like how Rico died. You know, he, he, he <laughs> oh, gets, you didn't? <laughs> he, he gets distracted by a flare. He's oh. looking at that flare for like five to ten <laughs> seconds. Like, how much do you need to look at that? It's a flare. And then it's the classic, uh, Corey, you mentioned it, or Corndog, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the classic Stallone hanging on by one hand and pulling him off the ledge. And then af- after that death scene, too, um, they, they come down to the rest of the public who knows that Dread is innocent, and it's daylight. It was nighttime when Rico fell down, and then they come downstairs, and it's daytime. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, and, and so, as we said, they want him to be chief uh, justice. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to stay in the street. Um, he shares a kiss with uh, Diane Lane. <laughs> which really? Is like, oh, really awkward. <laughs> a very awkward kiss. Like, <laughs> And I believe, Weird kiss. and I believe that's where she says, "I knew you'd say that," the, meaning that he knew he'd turn down. He rides off on his motorcycle. Everyone's cheering, including uh, Balthazar Getty. Yep, who we didn't even really cover. He's in the movie. He's like, "Whoa, there's something weird with this picture," and they like dissect the picture and find out that like all of it was fake except for the baby in it. Yeah, which doesn't really end up needing to be in it at all. No, not even a little. So, and that's the end of the movie. He rides off, and then the cure plays, and it's over. Yeah. It's oh, a, it's over. <laughs> it's a good, the, you know, it was a, it was a good length. You know, I was worried. I was like, oh, gosh, I hope this is one of those, like, two and a half hour ones. But 90, yeah. 90 No, you're minutes. right. And it, it was a crisp 90 minutes. It wasn't, yeah. it didn't, there was no slow parts. No. I mean, I guess I would say it did move fast. I mean, they didn't, there's yeah. not a lot of dragging points. I mean, yeah. I guess you could say that for it. <laughs> so, let's get into some role reversal real quick. All right. There's a, there's a sound for that, too. <laughs> All right. little role reversal here. All right. So I have... So I have I have three, and then I have one interesting fact. Okay. So the first one is, so for, for Rico, Christopher Walken. Ooh. <laughs> like playing with Stallone? That is correct. Well, I don't know if it's been playing with Stallone, but Christopher Walken is Rico. I mean, he's a good villain, but I don't... I guess it depends on who's playing Dread for me to buy sure. him as, like, a clone from the same badge. I think he would have been too old at the time, but, you yeah. know, you could have done it maybe An- Andy Garcia. Oh, Andy Garcia <laughs> would have been pretty good. Andy You're right. Garcia been good. I-, I feel like Christopher Walken as an over-to-the-top villain I've already seen in A View to a Kill, so... <laughs> I think he'd been be great in it. I don't know if he would have been better than Armin Asani. I thought Armin Asani was actually really good in this. You know what? I don't think he's bad in this, I will say. No, that. I think he's pretty good. Um, so, for Fergie... This is a, this is a weird one, yeah, Joe one. Pesci. Yeah, I mm. I remember reading that like Stallone really wanted Pesci in it, mm-hmm. but like the, he couldn't do it. Like the schedules in man. Yeah, something was not right. Yeah, I'm assuming he was tied up with like Lethal Weapon three or something. <laughs> or? I don't know something. Um, sure, I could see him playing in this part. I think it would I think it would have been fine. And then early on, uh, this was actually a Schwarzenegger film. Sure, why not? I mean, Stallone and. Uh, Schwarzenegger, they're interchangeable. Yeah, I feel like this was a point in time where you could have just mixed those two up and it would have been fine. Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
<laughs> oh man, now Sarah would have loved it. Well, we got. Uh oh. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay. Um, so uh, the other, this is the weird fact. So this film was originally going to be made in the eighties, starring Harrison Ford as Judge Dredd. I could see that. Hmm. I, I would. I'd be down with that. Eighties yeah, Harrison Ford as Judge Dredd. Dredd. Yeah, I could. I, I, I could roll with that. It'd be a totally different film. That's yeah, for sure. But I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, what are you guys' uh, closing thoughts on this film here? Yeah, anything we didn't cover that you guys wanted to mention at all? You know, we mentioned 90 minutes. It was action-packed. But I just would have liked a little bit more character development. You didn't really get to know anybody. The, the guy who can dissect the pictures, uh, the digital expert. I, I just feel it went too fast. I'd like to have known a little bit more about some of these characters. And just really felt you didn't get to know anybody. I'll agree with that. Yeah, sure. I all agree right. with... Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel like I agree with that even in the opening scene when Dredd uh, seemingly meets Hershey and then all of a sudden he has this attachment to her like, oh, she's going to be my counsel. She's going to be my partner and all this. I feel like that was the first time he met her. Like he didn't <laughs> know of her before that. Yeah, that was really strange. And again, it could just be all this stuff was in that script that was originally written and just got completely gutted when they actually made the movie mm-hmm. you yeah. know they said that they did reshoots and that uh canon wasn't even allowed on set for the reshoots that they did yeah they just did it without him <laughs> so yeah yeah this movie was all right so let's rate it let's okay. let's, let's just let's just write this let's thing. do it all right guests you guys get to go first if you want or you can defer to one of us hmm um you know, I was, I was a little bit generous my last time on here with Starship Troopers. I still stand by my four out of five uh, machine guns. But this one, I, I'm going to give it a two out of five. As I mentioned with the character development, um, you know, for its time, the graphics, everything was good in, in that sense. I love Stallone. I've always got a soft spot in my heart for him, which is the reason why <laughs> it's not a one out of five. So I'm going to go two out of five. All right. All what, right. What about you, LPJ? I'll go next. Okay. So... I actually enjoy this movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay. And it's there's parts of it that are so stupid. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about seeing it when I saw it the first time and seeing it now. I didn't hate it. I mean, it's not great. It, it's a three. Okay. But um, A three? It's a three. All right. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, it's not terrible. It, it looks good other than the some of the graphics are a little weird. But it, visually, it looks good. It's very stylized. Um, but yeah, I- I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Well, I- I'm going to kind of echo a little bit of JB here. Um, I-, I feel like there's some points of this movie that I, I really enjoy watching. Like the overall thing, I-, I have no problem sitting down and watching this when it's on. Um, but but actually sitting down and dissecting it, the movie itself is not very good. A- and the fact that the, the plot... It moves so fast without much development. The The one thing I will say is you get from beginning to end faster than you can get a uh, cursed earth pizza delivered. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the two out of five as well. Um, I think I'm more aligned with you guys on this. I mean, it's not a terrible watch. I mean, in the, it is fun. Maybe not in the way it was intended to be fun, but there's just some ridiculous stuff. But I, I feel like there's just a lot, a lot of, like, just... I don't know, rushed and like you said, non the character development. I don't think the action sequences are particularly great. And I think what really hurts this movie upon watching it now is that they made the not a remake of this, but they made another version of Judge Dredd starring Carl Urban called Dredd. And after seeing that movie and then watching this one, it's like that movie is so good 
and so great and I think a real true representation of the character where this is like like I think the creator said like about this movie he was like yeah he's like that's not dread in the movie and like this it, it's not based on anything he did so I think I will give this movie two as well okay fair enough I guess this is probably a good time to talk about that movie dread which right. we may cover on this podcast oh at some we point. should I think yeah and uh also we should bring up their they have a TV series coming out called mega city one yeah, I saw that. It's yeah. going to be on Netflix, I think, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's basically a judge. They couldn't, for whatever reason, they decided not to do a sequel to Dread, yeah. and they opted instead to do a series called Mega City 1. I don't know if necessarily Dread's going to specifically be in it, right? Um, but uh, but I know Carl Urban said he would love to reprise his role. He said he loved doing it. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen Dread, you should check you it should out. absolutely I see think it. it's on Netflix, Yeah, and it's worth a watch. It's, a, it's not a very long one, but nope. it's, like, it's, it's really good. It is very, very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I would definitely check it out. Who plays Fergie? <laughs> <laughs> no Fergie, surprisingly. No Fergie, oh, unfortunately. You get some, you get some Olivia, uh, Olivia Thirtleby in this? Yeah, she plays like a psychic, I think. It's no other Happy Madison. I'm sorry, I can only assume it's Nick Swarsden in this iteration. <laughs> no, no Nick Swarsden. I don't know that there's any comedy in it at all. No, it's a very straight up, like, serious action movie. Yeah. It's got um, Cersei in it. She's a bad guy. Yep. Oh, Girl, so. right? Or? Bad. Yeah, I mean, she's a bad person. Woman. Bad person, guys? Yeah, it's 2019. <laughs> Well, anyways, check out Dread and not Judge Dread because it's much better. Fair enough. <laughs> so now it's time to get into the action bracket. Ooh, action bracket. So I should probably explain this to our guests. We are we 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 Sphinx and, and Hovercraft Joe and I sat down and compiled a list of um sixteen action heroes, and we're pitting them against each other to find out who the ultimate action hero is. So we are in round six, and this week's round. William Wallace versus Ripley from Aliens. <laughs> not Alien, not Alien 3, not Alien Resurrection, Aliens, Ripley. Oh, man. Yep. So that's so you guys are going to be able to uh, check out Facebook. You'll be able to vote there. You'll be able to vote in our Discord if you join us on Discord. And if you become a patron and donate just $1 a month, you get an extra vote. So your vote counts an extra amount. Nice. And uh, so you basically get three votes out of it. And uh, we will tally up the votes. We will decide on a winner and move on to the next round from there. Nice. Any thoughts on that matchup, guys? That's an interesting matchup. <laughs> I mean, very different genres. I got to give the edge to Ripley here. Uh, <laughs> given the, you know, the time, uh, given the fact that she goes in with the Colonial Marines, she's the <laughs> only one who comes out with Newt uh, and ha- half of... Um, Oh, what's his name? Michael Bean. Michael Bean. No, no, not Michael oh, Bean. Oh, Bishop. 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 Yeah. Bishop. I, I got to give the edge to Ripley. She's a complete badass. Survives over all of those colonial marines. Ripley's Ripley's the winner here. Cornell, you want to well, sell us on William Walls? <laughs> I mean, I could try. However, you know, I, I think it was a... I would have thought 95 would have been perfect for William Wallace and Mel Gibson slaughtering English armies in Braveheart. <laughs> um, however, believe it or not... See what I did there? I'm going to have to roll with Ellen Ripley as well, because <laughs> she's just a badass through an entire series of movies, killing an entire race of aliens that are just deadly by all accounts. It's true, and she might show up in that high loader, uh, high low, like machine walking thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. It's weird how both of them in their own way want to wipe out an individual race. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, that's right. Nice. Uh-huh. Um... So yeah, so thanks for joining us on the Last Action Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and all those other things. Uh, and uh, specifically on GameZillaMedia.com. Um, 
you can check out all of our podcasts. We got us. We've got Noiseland Arcade. We've got Noobs and Dragons. We've got Legend of Retro. Yep, and uh, the Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Actually. Not the movie bus, Bob and Bex. Okay. Yep. They're taking a bit of a hiatus. They may come back a little bit later, but right now they're taking a bit of a break. Okay. Um, but we do have, of course, the GameZilla Media Podcast, which kind of started us all. Right. Exactly. Yep. And uh, you can check us out on Patreon, like we said, uh, and become a patron. And <laughs> join us in Discord as well. We love to hear you uh, on Discord. It's true. We do love to hear your feedback. It's Absolutely. Great. We hear it quite a bit. It's, it's true. enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Corndog, JB. Thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, really thanks for coming out again. Yeah, it's always yeah. great to have Thank you guys on. Thank you for on. having us again. Yes. Absolutely. You'll have to pick some other movies next time. <laughs> yeah, can I go from there? <laughs> nope, you're saving it. <laughs> we'll hold our thoughts. ideas back. Hold, yeah. hold, hold our in. ideas. Right. We have to sort no spoilers. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Anything else you want to plug? No, I think I no? think we think we got everything covered, man. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. All yeah. right, well, in that case, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>